do you kind of um do you, do you see, do you think your audience is actually muslims or are you just kind of anyone anyone uh, come and play you mentioned non-muslims or you people give doubt to them in the comments and that yeah, kind I of would, stuff i would say about 80% of my audience is always muslim mm. 80% the goal the goal is to grow that to where we have as equal amount of non-muslims coming if not more mm. that's the goal mashallah that's the goal um, especially for the streams, at least, you know, the audience mm. for the streams. Um, but on, on, on the server, you know, it's almost everybody's Muslim. We have a Quran mm. lounge where Quran is constantly playing and Mashallah. stuff like that. So it's very, it's a, it's a very much an Islamic, uh, server, but it's just for techies and gamers. Assalamu alaikum legends uh, We've got a really interesting podcast for you today You know a lot of people in lockdown Have been turning to so many different types of activities And stuff to stop themselves going crazy Or killing each other and getting on each other's nerves And I came across There's actually something called the Muslim Gamers League Did you know that? And guess who's behind it? None other than the good brother mashallah uh, From across the pond Yusha Evans Right, remember him. He's you know he's been all over the world. He's probably done a talk, a motivational speech uh, at your local mosque or your Islamic society, whatever. And he's created this community of online gamers, and it's something that might be a bit polarizing. But let's hear what he has to say about this very very uh, interesting topic. Uh, before we jump in, just a quick reminder: please do try and uh, subscribe. We looked at the you know we're, we're getting more and more of the subscribers. I'm assuming that's a good thing, inshallah. But uh, a lot of people are watching and haven't subscribed. So if you do enjoy this content, just give it a uh, a like and a thumbs up. Uh, and also press the subscribe button and I'm told the bell notification button so that anytime we po- post something on the channel, you'll get uh, you know front uh, row access to that. You'll be f- first front of the queue uh, for getting notifica- notifications from that. And also finally, please do try and donate to support Soundtrancy and especially the Unscripted Podcast. Um, we're trying to look. We're trying to look for 250 people uh, from this video. Let's try that. Giving five pounds a month. How's how about that? Sound realistic? So I need 16 something pence a day, and it's very easy. I believe in you. You can do it. So uh, just before we crack on, just a reminder: number one, like and uh, subscribe. Number two, like and comment below. Uh, let us know what you think in the comments and get involved in the discussions. And number three. Uh, donate if you can five pounds a month link is in the description links on the screen right now and number four stay awesome assalamu alaikum wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh mashallah uh, good to see you again after so long uh, my first question is where have you been alhamdulillah <laughs> I mean, uh, it's good I've, I've been right here yeah I mean, you're looking at it right yeah. now <laughs> um, I haven't I haven't gone anywhere since March 1st subhanallah yeah I, I probably know, like everyone from traveling the world for well over a decade like mm. literally the past i would say two and a half years before lockdown i was gone more than i was home and then it went from that to, to yeah. nothing i've been home for nearly a year so it's a bad change is it true that you moved to uk for at some point no i thought i i heard somewhere along, along the grapevine that you uh either you stayed for a while or um, uh, no i was there family. for a period of time maybe um on and, but I wasn't living there. I was back and forth uh, yeah. with my missus uh, when my daughter was born in England. But okay. other than that, no. So I your daughter was born in England? Yes, mashallah. Mashallah. To have the dual. Yeah. <laughs> mashallah. Don't know which one's going to be worth yeah. more. 
especially now with Brexit and uh, I know and both, the, uh, both of our countries are killing their credibility <laughs> worldwide <laughs> time to find a third one maybe Pakistan will take you in yeah possibly <laughs> but uh, yeah I mean the thing I was really interested I, I came across your Muslim Gamer League mm-hmm. I mean in, in lockdown in particular a lot of people were turning to different things to kind of stop themselves from losing their minds or killing each other uh, and one of the things was you know getting uh, involved in uh, or dusting off the old uh, computer games consoles and stuff <laughs> I mean I, I've got this thing with my kids of you know very strict tarbiya that it has to be you know you can't just jump into these latest games they have to go through the process you know start them off at with with Pac-Man get them to know and, and appreciate the legacy and the history uh, at the moment they're kind of playing uh, you know N64 games now so I'm getting them <laughs> giving them the proper tarbiya not just jumping you know throwing them into the deep end although we do have a few the same know. my kids all started with very yeah. small minor games like uh, but my kids are my eldest, you know, way back used to play all the Pac-Man and all that stuff. But then he got into like Angry Birds. That was, you know, uh, that was like his game for a while. Yeah. It was just like zoomed into that and Minecraft. And all my kids came along that same way. They all went through this Angry Bird and then Minecraft phase. And- I have a rule though. Like when I, I speak to uh, my kids or just generally people giving advice and stuff, I always, uh, and this is quite unpopular, I always say don't play free games. Yeah, because those those free games are laced with kind of dopamine hijacking techniques and um, all this kind of persuasion architecture and stuff that just just kind of appeals and and exploits the young person's brain just to get them hooked. And uh, yeah, because a lot of the free games come with you know tons of ads and things of that yeah. nature, and the only way they get paid is if you play the game and stay through the mm. ads. There has to be a reason why. And the old uh, in-app purchases, they they uh, they get rich on that as well. I think the yep. Fortnite was like a million dollars a day it used to make. Um, yeah, it makes a ridiculous amount of money. So it's unpopular with the the kids because they want to play them and it's unpopular with the parents because I tell them to buy <laughs> full price, you know, uh, expensive games that are made for the actual game, not just to take... The, uh, Those know. games are not cheap anymore these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's crazy. But what, what, if you want to get the deluxe package, some games like $150. It's just wow. Crazy, a lot of money I heard though they're cheaper than they used to be if you account for inflation if you count for inflation they are definitely cheaper than they used to be I know that you yeah. know um, I believe it was Atari games were like 40 40 50 bucks a piece way back mm. when and that was a, a lot of money it was a lot of money back in the 80s <laughs> yeah that was the first system I ever played on was an Atari um, mm. and then I went on to Nintendo Super Nintendo yeah the first one I had was uh, the NES Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo yeah. was Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. That was it. That's all you had because that's what came in the original box. <laughs> duck Hunt was so funny because wherever you shoot on the, on the screen, the duck would die. My one. Yeah, you know, there was no real. It wasn't like there yeah. was Amy anywhere. So yeah. tell me about uh, Muslim Gamer League. What, what What is it and how did it uh, come about? What was what, what is it? Well, I, I always, I grew up as, as a gamer, as a, as a young man, you know, so it was... Uh, just kind of something we did and I fell out of gaming. I played gaming all the way up through my teens and my twenties. I used to have a friend that we used to teach martial arts together that uh, when, when black ops zombies first came out back in the day, we used to, after our martial arts school, we'd go home in the evening, have dinner 
and and play zombies. So I, you know, but when I got really busy on the road, especially let's say the past five, six, seven, eight years, I've not really, not really had any time, you know, to pick up gaming. I would play it, you know, if I was home for a couple of weeks, I'd play with my kids who play video games um, or, you know, a couple of brothers that I know from online that we play together, but it was, it was hit or miss. I would just be so busy. My whole life was from one place home for a few days to spend time with a family, unpack and repack and then hit the road. But after being home all the time, you know, in the beginning, there was a lot of stuff that I did that I was like, wow, I, I've never had the time to catch up on all these things. And after a while, you know, you're thinking lockdown's only going to be like a month, two months, <laughs> and then it's three months, it's four months. And, it's and then you went months. and bought a chair. Everything in your house, you, you know, you, 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 you know, I try to read as much as I can as well, but you're like, you can only stare at a book for so long. So you're like, I need something else to do with my time. And here in Minnesota, I know that winter was coming. This was like spring, uh, late summer of the lockdown. I was like, winter's coming in Minnesota and it's going to be below zero. There's going to be snow everywhere. Well, you get, you're pretty much locked inside for like six months, unless you're someone like me who likes to go out in the woods in the snow, but uh, you can't do that on days when it's below mm. zero. So I, was, I said, you know, I'm going to start. I picked up my console again, got back on my P PS4. I said, let's, you know, start doing some gaming. And I noticed I was gaming with brothers. And then I was watching my kids who were not only gaming, but I realized that there was this whole world of watching other people game. You know, <laughs> I, I, it, I had no, I knew of the concept of streaming, but I'd never had enough time to pay that much attention to it as, as busy as my travels made me. But I sat down and I started looking at what is, why are my kids instead of playing a video game, they're sitting there watching other people play video games. And who are these people? <laughs> so I started looking into it. And mm. number one, I realized there was not really oh, a ton of family friendly, you know, halal content out there um, that I, I would feel good. Like my kids can watch this and, and me not have to sit here and watch everything that they're doing. Mm. And, you know, I, I, I said, I don't, I, so I went and I started looking into streaming. First of all, I realized that a report came out in April that said the streaming segment of the entertainment in industry was becoming the largest section of the entertainment, yeah, entertainment, yeah, entertainment yeah. industry on planet Earth. Yeah. And I was like, wow. So I learned about Twitch. I started going on to Twitch and looking at who's there, who's streaming, what Islamic content is on mm. there. When I go to the Islamic content, it's the same thing you always see. Brothers sitting there giving, you know, uh, you know, doing something like that. And I'm like, okay. I would watch something like that, but would my kids, you know what I mean? My kids are going to sit down and watch that. I, if I tell them to, yes, but they're not going to go seek it out themselves. In the Only if they're, they're delivering it whilst yep. just smashing each other's face in in Street yep. Fighter or so something. So I said, you know, I saw a light bulb went off and I said, you know what? There's a, there's a niche here. There's a niche for Muslims who like to game because I was in a lot of lobbies with brothers who I'd played with all over the world. And it's like, we're cool when we're hanging out with each other and we're talking, but then you get off with the brothers and you got to jump onto another party with a bunch of randomers who are screaming, cussing, calling you the worst, talking about your mother. It's like, this is not a safe space. I don't want my mm -hmm. kids in this space. So why don't we create something that allows our youth or adults, you know, that, that like to play video games that are permissible. We're not going to, I don't even want to get into that, but you know, that aren't blatantly, this is wrong. Um, and have an environment where we can do so together and also mm. remind each other about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, do little reminders, little talks. Just like when brothers go play basketball or in the UK, when you guys go and play football on the pitch, you know, there'll be, you know, religious brothers will get together. Let's do a little reminder beforehand and we keep Islamic etiquette throughout the game and stuff like that. We're doing that exact same thing that I've done so many times with brothers in the sports world now in the digital world, the gaming world. Mm. So that was the goal, create this environment that I would feel 
you know, okay, comfortable with my kids coming into. It's moderated when it's under our umbrella and that we're trying to make sure not only are we helping our youth spend time with each other and socialize, but we're pushing them towards the dean at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, I noticed in my, with my kids as well that um, just playing together with them or just playing... <laughs> I found out that my kids are like really legends, mashallah, because they like to watch me play sometimes as well. You know, before mm-hmm. when like when you, I don't know when you were a kid, you had a little cousin or a sibling or something. You'd be like, they want, they'd be like, oh, I want to turn as well. You'd be like, no, no, we're playing as a team. It's okay. You're watching. <laughs> you tell me what to do. But my kids actually enjoy just you know watching uh, me when I'm playing with them and stuff, and and obviously get let let them have a bit of a turn now and now and then as well. But can you explain to so somebody who doesn't play games, hasn't played, they might think it's absolutely crazy that somebody will actually sit and watch someone else play something. Have you thought about what what that allure is? I mean, maybe it's hard to ex- describe if somebody's not kind of into that kind of stuff, but what, yeah, is, what do you say to those people who say, why would you watch someone else play a game? <laughs> yeah, if you're not into that, yeah. I could absolutely 100% understand that. But it's kind of like how we view our own entertainment. Like, mm. let's say you're a car guy. These are things I can relate to because I am. I'm a car guy. So I, I follow, you know, accounts on, on social media that all they talk about is cars. All they do is build cars. All they do is show pictures of their new yeah. turbo manifolds. And, you know, like, if you're not a car guy, you would find that the most, like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? You're watching a guy <laughs> on Instagram, a five-minute yeah. Instagram TV video of a guy taking apart a turbo manifold. You know what I mean? It's like, it makes, it looks very silly. Yeah. So they might say it sucks towards those things that you yourself have interest in passion about. So there is a huge chunk of our community and to, to deny that is being, mm. you, you, you have your head in the sand. You know, there is a large portion of the Western and all we have people gaming with us from everywhere. There's one brother who joins regularly from, I think he's from Islamabad. Um, uh, may Allah bless the brother. He's Represent. always the stream, always playing with us, you know? Um, so there is this, section of our community and if we're not offering an outlet for them then we are you know doing a disservice in thinking that okay if we say don't do it that our kids are in mass gonna say okay let's drop the video games let's sell the consoles let's get off of youtube let's not that's not happening Mm. um so and and we know it's not i know it's not outright impermissible to play a, a digital video game um there are things that make it very much impermissible but as long as we can help our youth with that you know, and, and understand those things like, okay, we don't play any games that you can't turn the music off in. You know what I mean? If the mu- if there's no way to mute music, then we just don't play it. Um, and of course, music pops up every once in a while on stream that, you know, in a game that we have, there's nothing we can do about. That's called reality. You know, teaching our children how to functional in a real world um, by also trying to avoid things that are outright disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we're mm. not teaching our children how to navigate this digital world that they are getting lost in, and now that the world is changing or has changed pretty much forever for, for, for any of our lives mm. where the world is becoming more online, then we're not offering a service, if that makes sense. And also I saw there was an opportunity for the da'wah. You know, that there was no da'wah being done on, on this level. There was da'wah being done on Twitch. There was da'wah being done on YouTube. But gamers and people who are looking for video game uh, content are not coming to your channel. You know what I mean? They're, they're just not going to do it. They're going to see you and swipe right past. But by doing this, we bring that community in. And then what do they do when they're watching our stream? On the right is nothing but suggestion of Islamic videos, you know, other Islamic uh, content and videos and things of that nature. So we're bringing them into mm. this space in a, in a very 
what is the word I'm looking for? Non-aggressive manner, in a very passive manner, you know, doing that passive da'wah to allow them to come in and see a group of Muslims. Can you imagine somebody who might have the weirdest opinion about Muslims being backward mm. cave dwellers? And then all of a sudden they come on a YouTube stream and there's like 15, you know, Muslim brothers playing Warzone, you know, going to absolute war, Warzone. And they're like, wait, what? Huh? What just happened here? Somebody you know, say, Allah Akbar. Yeah, did that guy just say Allah Akbar? <laughs> you know, but it's it's something that, that that helps show that side of Islam that, yes, we live in this real world with everybody else. We just keep, we, we try to put limits on on the things that we do. Even those things which are permissible and pastimes, we try to keep them in limits. All right, brothers and sisters, sorry to interrupt, but look, we really need to hit this subscribe button. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Before this guy comes. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the reality is, People are always going to be receiving some kind of da'wah on these uh, channels on YouTube, Twitch and uh, whatever else they're watching. Either it's people going to be calling them towards, subtly calling them towards secularism or uh, atheism or liberalism or any other kind of ism and schism. Or mm -hmm. you can you know, be there, you can have a presence on those platforms. When um, and the chat gets the chat gets going, you'll have someone come into the stream, and I've seen it happen a number of times, and say, "Hey, are you guys a Muslim?" And you know, "Yeah, I'm a Muslim." And oh, well, I'm not a Muslim, but it's nice to see. And then you'll just see a conversation kick off between them and a few of the uh, the the brothers and sisters in the chat, where they're giving mm. them direct dawah. You know what I mean? But in a in a in in a way that you know, I'm trying to teach our viewership in a way that mm. uh, does not seem over you know overly aggressive or or too pushy and. You know, so it, creating that space, I've seen it. I've been doing it now for going on about three, four months you know, mm. with some serious effort. Alhamdulillah, you know, the things that have um, transpired in the stream just show me exactly this is exactly why I created this space. Yeah. I mean, personally, me, I'm completely new to this. I don't really know about much about streaming, gaming, streaming and stuff. So I don't know exactly what does Muslim Gamer League do. Is it like a... So you have YouTube, you have Twitch, which I think I, uh, I've never seen it properly, but it's like a uh, a platform where people stream them playing and they have some kind of conversations with people yep. watching. And what does MGL do then? Uh, we we also well, it started off as um, a Discord server. That that is our like home for everything. Um, so we have a Discord server where you know people who have gaming tech because we also talk tech. You know, I'm a tech person. I've, I've, I've been a, you know, a techie for my entire life. Uh, so we talk about tech, the, we talk about, you know, uh, hardware, software for, for streaming and cameras. So a discord survey is just basically like a forum. People speak yep. to each other. It's a forum people can go on to. There's yeah. rooms that you can join. There's a lounge to talk in. There's a sisters only section that you have to identify yourself in the server as a sister to be able to get access to that. Wow. Um, so, and it's moderated by a sister. You know, there's lounges where people can hang out in like, hey, does anybody want to play Warzone? You know, and they ping everybody in that room and then they get a notification and say, hey, yeah, I'm ready. I want to jump on some Warzone. Um, so it's and it's heavily moderated. We have like, you know, and the thing is, it's created by youth. Um, our our main server moderator is 15 years old, mashallah. Um, and our main designer for the server and the one who runs all the bots is only 17. He's a junior in college, alhamdulillah. Um, you know, so it's, a, it's ran by the youth. Uh, so they can come on to that. We have going on 1,500 uh, members now in like three months. And from there, it branched off into getting content creators. Like we have four official content creators who are 
let's say approved MGO content creators. They can use our name. They can use the logos. They can use everything mm. like brother Ben Ephra. I don't know. You might know, um, I've heard of brother Ben before he does, um, a lot of Dowies. I think he's more up North in the UK with the SC Dawa guys and, and all of those, um, guys, he's one of our official content creators. He does the same thing that I do streams and gives Dawa. Um, our moderator is one of them. We have, we have four different ones that do what we do and we've approved them. We've gone through a whole, we, we, take it very seriously. We go through mm. and comb all of your stuff to make sure it falls in line with the rules and regulations of Muslim gamers league. The goal is to have 50, a hundred, you know, streamers out there that are part of the MGL team that are streaming and giving Gawa. So that way you're going to run across one of us, you know what I mean? So that if you, <laughs> no matter what kind of games you like to play or what you're going to come across one of our videos yeah. at some point, that's, that's the whole goal. Inshallah. So the brothers are gamers first and do art second. Or you're not like just kind of roping in. There's a couple that are like myself. I've 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 always been known as the duat first, and then the gamer second. People mm. are coming to learn that. Ben Iqra is kind of the same way. There's a few brothers who are gamers, but all want to use their gaming platform to get into dawah. If that makes sense, mm. it's a mixed bag in that sense. Okay, I've got a little test for you here. Sure. Just to just to uh, test your gaming credentials, I'm gonna play some sound effects, and you're gonna. Mm. You're going to tell me which games are these from? <laughs> this is going to fail. <laughs> I'll start very easy for you. Uh... No, that's um, Street Fighter. Yep, very good. That yeah. was uh, nice and easy starting off. Uh... Oops. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> sounds like Zelda. Yes, or, very good. That is. Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. What about this? Perfect. <laughs> oh, I know what game that's from, and I cannot remember. Is that Duck Hunt? No. No. No, I don't know. Then that I know Perfect. that sound. Can't it was Street Fighter again. That was Street Fighter again. Yeah, oh. yeah I tricked you. <laughs> uh, let's see another one. Sorry, I was uh, looking at for these, uh, getting them ready beforehand. I'm just. Uh... This is me showing my age as well. <laughs> Let's see. As if all the gray in the beard isn't doing that for me. <laughs> I have to have my coffee. Oops. What's this? Bit of uh, technical difficulties happening here. That's that's. Welcome to the live uh, live stream game. This is what always happens. It's uh, never smooth. Um, it gets smoother as you go on. What was that again? Uh, that that doesn't sound like what I thought it was. Mm -mm. That's getting a bit old now. Let I me, let me look. Let me let me look for a better one. Okay. What? That what does not that? sound. That does not sound, <laughs> that like, does not sound like a game. <laughs> that does not sound like a video game. Someone's trying to pull a fast one here. All right, let's. Uh... Oh. Boing. Game over. Ah, uh, you know who that is. Know. You gotta know who that is. I have no idea. Aha! Here we uh -huh. go. You don't know. The yes. It's Mario. Yeah. What's Mario's uh, 
surname? Don't know. I have uh, <laughs> no idea. Do you even have one? This is Mario and Luigi. All right, let's do one more. One more. Uh, this is because I'm always giving Street Fighter references, and one brother, I think his name was Mo Sal, uh, on mm-hmm. Facebook, he said, You need to do this game. Uh, what was it called? SubhanAllah. I forgot. Ah. But games games when I was young were just they were just a lot more wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> and and now it's just like it's it's like a r- real world. Yeah. This is this is all from back in the day. Uh There you go. Ready? Mhm. I, I don't remember that game. I know I, I can think of it in my head. I remember hearing that, but I don't know a game. Ultra Combo! No, I don't remember. Yeah, that was Killer Instinct. Oh, I never played that game. Yeah, it wasn't that popular, but it was. Uh, it had a distinct uh, kind of. I never played that game. Yeah, when I when I used to go to the arcade, which is that was the thing to do. Yeah. You had to go to the arcade and play a lot of these games were arcade games only. Uh, Street Fighter was one of them for a while. I used to go and play Street Fighter, Tekken, and Mortal Kombat. Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat was like my game when I was in when I was in high school. We used to go to the arcade. I was actually looking for Mortal Kombat ones. I couldn't find a proper and, and play one. Mortal Kombat. Uh, that that was that that was my game. The original Mortal Kombat. Yeah, but they've gone disgusting now, man. Have you seen uh, the more recent? The, the newer versions, yeah, yeah, they're like they're, they're really just, they're, they're, gory. They're, they're too gruesome and gory. Yeah, just, I haven't played it. I just saw much. like a clip of it on YouTube, and it's so realistic, like people's guts coming out and flying. Everywhere. I know it's it's too much. It's That's why I'm, man. I don't play or yeah. you know let my kids play any of the newer <laughs> ones. Games are just so much more engrossing and realistic these days. Like yeah. I play Warzone, you know, with the brothers, and it's like you feel like you have entered it. If you, especially if you have on some good <laughs> headphones, feel like you just killed that someone. <laughs> they have like spatial sound. You feel like you're in a war zone. Oh. You know, there's like bombs going off over here. There's people shooting over here. There's a helicopter flying over here. There's cruise missiles dropping out of the sky. You're like, <laughs> wow, this is. You know, I mean, it, the, war is not nice. Um, <laughs> but the thing about it, you can play here. You, there's no, there's no real world repercussions. Yeah. Um, unless you get addicted and that's one thing that we do try to talk about as well in MGL is the addictiveness of games how to not let them become uh, that level of addiction I did want to talk about I did want to talk about addiction Uh, but before that you mentioned I mean all this war zone and that kind of stuff aren't you afraid that you're going to get some uh, FBI or some kind of informants or whatever try to build some kind of uh, bogus story around this because a lot of people have been kind of entrapped and, and uh, kind of put away for much less, I think, in, especially in the USA, we hear kind of really crazy uh, stories. Well, for for two, two reasons. Number one, if they do, they do. Mm. I've been at this for a long time and, you know, that I've, I'm, I've given over the years plenty of reason, you know, if they really wanted to, <laughs> to jam me up, which, they, which I have been jammed up. I'm banned yeah. from Canada and Australia. Really? By the way. Yeah. Oh, those are rubbish uh, countries. Thanks, anyway. thanks to Facebook. But anyway, um, Sorry, any That's Canadians or Australians watching. Bunch of nonsense. But, uh, you know, number one, we do this publicly. You know I mean? It's not like we're doing this, 
in 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 the dark like we're training for some mission to afghanistan no we, we do this it must be so confused like. on on the internet you know what i mean like we're not trying to hide anything here if clearly this was something to be yeah. hidden uh we would probably not be streaming it unless you're so you're so good that you can do it hiding in plain sight yeah that's where they'll go back to <laughs> But, you know, it's it's becoming more of a known thing now that this yeah. this happens. You know what I mean? Um, even like a lot of the one of the very famous um, game game clubs, because there's clubs now, there's game clubs, you mm. know, and these game clubs are famous. Uh, like one of the most famous ones on Twitch is called FaZe Clan. Uh, the founder is is a Muslim. Uh, he, well, he's wow. a professed Muslim. He just he's not he's quote unquote practicing, as they say. And a lot of people in that group are, you know, come from Muslim families, etc. But they just don't. They don't show any of their Islam mm. open, you know what I mean, at all, period. Because, and I and I understand why. I, I do understand why. Uh, because if you grew up in a, in a Muslim family, especially an Arab or a Desi family, you know how judgmental we are. You know what I mean? Like me, I'm a convert. I had to find it the hard, <laughs> I had to find out the hard way, you know, by by getting battered. Um, but, you know, if you grew up in, in, in uh, especially Arab and Desi families, you know mm. how judgmental the Muslim community can be. Um, so having that audience versus having the non-Muslim audience, uh, you can see why sometimes people choose uh, to focus more towards the non-Muslim audience, especially in the entertainment streaming industry over the mm. Muslim audience. It's a sad okay. fact, but that's just kind of how we deal with each other. Uh, that's an unfortunate fact. Do you kind of um, do, do you see, do you think your audience is actually Muslims, or are you just kind of anyone anyone uh, come and play? You mentioned non-Muslims. Uh, people give doubt to them in the comments and that yeah, kind I of would, stuff. I would say about eighty percent of my audience is always Muslim. Eighty mm. percent. The goal the goal is to grow that to where we have as equal amount of non-Muslims coming, if not more. Mm. That's the goal. Mashallah. That's the goal. Um, especially for the streams, at least, you know, the audience mm. for the streams. Um, but on, on, on the server, you know, it's almost everybody's Muslim. We have a Quran mm. lounge where Quran is constantly playing and Mashallah. stuff like that. So it's very, it's a, it's a very much an Islamic uh, server, but it's just for techies and gamers. Mashallah. So, I mean, you mentioned addiction. That's one of the things that a lot of people kind of um, talk about now, especially when it comes to games and uh, especially young people. Like I mentioned the thing about my rule about mm -hmm. no free games, um, partly because they are laced with every you know, technique you can think of oftentimes to just glue some kid's attention to it. And... Yep. How do you deal with that? How do you, you must get maybe criticism from uh, maybe Muslims, some Muslims. Maybe just a little bit. <laughs> maybe a little bit. Uh, is a it a little bit. Is it about that or is it about, you know, games of haram? Uh, or? Most of it's about, yeah, the haram nature of it because it's considered wasting time. Mm. And, you know, my, my response, number one, about addiction, and especially when I try to, you know, show my kids that, you know, and parents of, children who do games mm -hmm. and and this brought me to uh, i remember um i was talking with brother sabur ahmed um and, and he was telling me when we were talking about mgl because he reached out to me to say you know ask me what was it all about and i explained it to him he said you know he's had aunties call him because they try to do kind of a similar thing with mm -hmm. youth get together before uh, before all this lockdown and he would have aunties say you know uh my son i can't get him off the video games you know he's he's not He's, he's not doing anything else, he's not going out and playing in the streets. 
And he would respond. He said, you know, I would respond and say, all your kids need exercise, 100%. But would you rather your children be, especially in today's world, the world is very strange. Your children in in your home doing something with maybe some Muslim friends online that is in an environment where you can see them. You have your eyes on them. You know what they're doing. Or out in the streets with who knows who doing who knows what. That's what happens in these days. Um, So, you know, for me, that was where I looked at it is, when it comes to addiction, there are some symptoms you should look for as parents, you know, when, mm. when taking them away from these, when, when you see them drawn to it and there's an emotional attachment taken away, if they can't play, you know, for a day or whatever, cause you have something else you have to do or two days, three days, you know, you see it becomes like a withdrawal. Uh, this is, this is too far. We shouldn't let our children have this type of attachment to it, nor should we as adults. If you feel like you can't get up and walk away and go do something else, like if I was going on a two-week vacation and was not able to play video games, it would not bother me in the slightest bit. Um, but really? If it becomes addiction, this is something that needs to be curbed. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that because it can become addicting, that it is in and of itself impermissible. Mm. Because football can become addicting. I know some brothers that are addicted to football straight away. You know, it can become addicting between playing and watching and all of these things and stats and knowing everything. There's yeah, no yeah. chef in his right mind is going to say his football is haram because nobody, the whole Muslim world would throw him out. You know, so, uh, but it's within reason. You know, if it's something that becomes an addiction, you can turn anything that is halal into something yeah. that is haram for you if it becomes an addiction or a distraction that takes you away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, so the- try to remind people of that. The tough thing about addiction is there's no one kind of definition. Um, no, there's nothing you can yeah. say. If he does this or she does this, they're addicted. Mm. That's it. There's one one neuroscientist I heard. He gave a very good operational definition of of addiction. He said it's a progressive narrowing of the things that bring you pleasure. Mm. So you know, it slowly well, it has to be that kind of one thing. Yeah. This one thing or these couple of things are the yeah. only thing that can bring me happiness. And those things are not, you know. Remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, salah, and nothing of that nature, then you have, you're on the road to addiction. If and, you're not and, already- and this whole thing about, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the problems of uh, our day and, and young people and their attachment to devices is most parents don't know how to deal with and set up those devices for security and safety and privacy and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. We had an article from our head of technology in the Psalm 21 C, he wrote about. Um, technically there's pornography within WhatsApp and Telegram and even iMessenger um, that's actually built into the app in the GIF uh, or GIF in- interface. Um, many people don't know about this. Um, with with iMessage, the Messenger app on the iPhone, you can you can turn it off. But with with WhatsApp and other 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 things, you can't turn it off. Uh, and uh, you know we were we we're encouraging people to write le- emails to the the kind of CEOs of those companies to give an option, for example, to, but a lot of people, parents are just handing their kids these devices, laptops, tablets, games consoles, and they don't know how to set it up or help them stay safe. And as a result, your kid could be chatting to some weirdo online. Like in 2014 or 15 in the UK, there was a big story of a young boy called Breck Bedner. And, mm-hmm. um, I think uh, Ustad uh, Abu Hanifa Suhail, uh, author in Islam Trinity, he wrote something about this. Um, he was befriended by some guy slightly older than him online whilst playing Call of Duty. And, you know, they developed a relationship and, you know, he was 
he was kind of he he groomed him basically turned him against his mother and and, and made this elaborate kind of secret uh, plot to meet and he kind of basically abused him and killed him um and that kind of scared a lot of people and that we just buy these things for our kids and we don't know how to set them up or help them set them up so you know you know who you're playing with you know who you're dealing with and and um because you wouldn't just get any random person and invite them into your living room and have them play with your kids right yeah, it's clear and i think i suppose that is an argument for something like muslim gamer league where you have a safe space you know there's a re- realistic reliable uh, alternative to just being thrown out there into the wide world where you yep. can you know come into contact with anyone yeah and we would like to have you know and that's something i actually thought about a few weeks ago is you know have a space like we have a website now as well muslimgamerleague.com um mm-hmm. having you know because most of us don't know how to some of us adults that have these technology devices don't know how yeah. for our privacy is breached in them that kind of needs you know it's almost you have to really look into these things especially with every time the app updates if you don't check the patch notes and you don't check you know the authorizations every time you download an app if you don't look at what you're authorized what authorization you're giving it over your devices Mm-hmm. So trying to make a, a resource for parents either on the website as well as on the Discord server because that's what Discord is about is to offer things like this for companies and et cetera. Some companies' entire tech support is a Discord server. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, offering that like, okay, advice for parents. When you give a kid your iPhone, what are the things that you need to do uh, to make sure that your kids stay safe on this device? You that's know, excellent. turning on download yeah. permissions and things of that nature to where they can only download things that you have mm-hmm. a passcode to download on their phone, et cetera. Uh, the same with the online world and as far as gaming, PlayStation Network, Discord, WhatsApp, because there's so much of it. There's so many places that, you know, people can communicate with each other these days. It's, 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 it's mind-boggling. But trying to continually have a resource for that for parents, yeah. um, you know, how to keep themselves and their kids safe. So important, so important. world. Very useful um, resource. I'm going to check it out, inshallah. Um, yeah. And we'll put the, the we links and stuff. Because there's so much to it. There's, yeah. There is literally a thousand places that your kids can go online and adults can go online and be lost in a world talking to anyone. Mm. It's just a fact. And it's, and it's crazy. But that's, that's reality. Yeah. I mean, on the point of... You know the 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 so wanted to ask you what kind of uh, kind of criticism and um, uh, maybe refutations that you get as well <laughs> on uh, uh, you know setting up this Muslim gamer league. One is you know people saying oh waste of time. Um, yeah, the gaming what, is haram is a waste of yeah. time. Um, you know, other ones are the particular games that we yeah. personally play, like Among Us. Everybody's like, you know, how can you play Among Us when when the premise of the game is about lying? Like, and I'm like, every time I think about that, like, there's like, no when you log on to Among Us, there is no rule that says disclaimer. In order to play this game, you must lie. No, that's kind you of. You must. Like, I mean, you must have a rule though. No, no swearing by Allah or something. Yeah, no, no. no saying when, Allah, we, you know? when we play together, we number one, no yeah. lying. And no swearing by Allah on anything, yeah. in, in in on nothing, not on a yeah. game. It's not worth it. Yeah. We don't have that happen. Are you going to watch any of our Among Us streams? And you're but you have to lie on Among Us, don't you? No, you don't have to lie. Really? The jo- the I haven't actually played it. I just heard that it's a it's an on it's a game version of a, a game that everyone plays, like at parties or 
retreats yeah, or whatever. Yeah, called like Who Done It. Yeah, yeah, Who Done It or something like or that. Assassin or Mafia. The or something goal, like that. the goal is if you are the imposter, not to get caught. <laughs> then that does not mean you have to lie. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can be deceptive. You can be, you know, there's all different <laughs> ways. <laughs> you have to think of a very smart way. You actually have yeah. to use your. I tell War them is deception. There's more, there's more skill in winning at Among Us without lying than there yeah. is lying. Because you actually have to really think of a way yeah. to be deceptive. Uh, one of our moderators, Meadow, is so good at it. He Every time he's an imposter, he fools all of us. He never lies. He doesn't lie. Yeah. He just says things that are 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 facts but you know might be a bit misleading in that sense yeah. and if you're caught guess what you got caught <laughs> it's a game yeah. we get to play again i, try, I tried playing i tried playing among us but i don't have enough friends to <laughs> yeah, uh, you need about eight nine you know, eight nine people yeah to play uh if anyone's watching you wanna you wanna play then uh let me know i don't know how exactly sure I, can do. I think I've, I've downloaded the iphone app and it's not a game that i absolutely like i love i never play that game when i'm not on stream yeah. Because I find it a bit tedious, if that makes sense. You know, it's a bit of a tedious game for I me. Make you do work, but basically. it's a very popular game, and it and, and it always brings a good crowd, and we're always having fun and laughing on it. So it's it's more the community mm. sense of it that I like to play the game uh, because there's a lot of communication that has to happen, rather than I like playing it just yeah. because I like playing it. I don't play it. If what I'm what other criticisms do you get? And, and that that's common. Like that, and uh, we play a lot of first-person shooter games, and we get told, you know, that killing is haram. Violence. So, even killing a digitized rendering. What do you think about the argument, though, of, you know, school shooters and that kind of stuff, this over-militarized kind of uh, culture? That that can happen, but at the same time, that is also a product of, of, of upbringing, a product of mental health, a product of parenting, because we grew up uh, not playing video games, but we grew up actually doing these things. I G.I. Joe was like the thing when I was a kid. And we used to have G.I. Joe figures and we'd be on the backyard shooting and killing one another, dressing up as in fatigue. Like we actually got involved mm. in real world in the woods scenarios with paintball guns and BB guns and all of that. Like we actually got out there and did it. It didn't turn us into crazed maniacs. Um, well, most a lot of, of us. that comes from other products in the environment that push mm. people towards the, because if video games were the source, I'm not saying it's not, I'm not making this defense, but I'm saying if it was the source of things like this, we would see this happening on a much grander scale because how many people out there playing video games and how many people we have out doing these kind mm. of, you know, school shootings and mall shootings and stuff like that. It's a very, very small percentage. Um, and you will always find that these people have some underlying triggers as well. It wasn't, mm. this was a fine young kid until he jumped on Call of Duty. Then next thing you know, he was in the darkness and now shooting up schools. That's not how that progression ever really goes. Mm. And talking about how many, you know, millions of people doing it, I heard that online gaming is actually bigger than all sport and kind of spectator sports combined now. In oh, terms 100%. of revenue more, generation, there number are more of people professional involved. gamers. And what I mean by professional gamers, I mean, they get paid to do this. Mm. You know what I mean? They get paid a living wage to game is way more than all sports teams wow. combined in major sports teams. When you talk about NFL, major league hockey, mm. major league baseball, major league soccer, football. Major- oh, yes. yes. Uh, we're a team. We're a team. 
I'll give you a go in a second. One, oh, uh, Salaam, if you like what you hear so far, just uh, let us know in the comments what you think. Um, if you like this podcast, give a like and a share. Don't forget to subscribe and click the donate button as well. I believe you can do it. Wait, on the topic of kind of the time wasting, you have to also look at the person. You know, um, if it's someone who's like they're here in terms of their productivity and they're always, you know, very. Uh, then they they, they 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 just relax five minutes a day and they you know always doing something productive and their iman and their you know career or whatever and then you start you bring them on board and they, they, the net the net kind of change in them is going to make them less productive but if you're if your intention is you're taking someone from here in terms of their productivity in terms of they're already on these platforms and you want to get them to a point where you can give them that tarbiyah to actually spend less, less, less and less time on it eventually, and encourage them to give them kind of life, broader life lessons and tarbiyah. Then there's an mm. argument that not just one of the um, major kind of scholars in the UK. He said, he said, don't quote me on this in public, but because of the backlash, obviously. But he said sometimes it could be that it's wajib on you to buy your son a PS4 because of mm. where he is. Yeah. Uh, and he's going out on the streets or he's going here and there but you're able to bring him in and you're bringing him closer to a, a, a better standard and take him away from a bigger mafsada a bigger harm a bigger kind of potential crisis yep. right, in his life and in his 100% and, and I'm not going to say this to self-promote I don't want to see this mm. self-promoting because I, if there was something else like what we we're doing I would I would put that in but if I had, let's say someone came to me, you know, a good friend of mine, my, my, my 14, 15 year old son is starting to get into trouble. He's starting to, you know, hang out with the wrong crowd of friends and this and that. What should I do? I tell mm. him, you know, the, spend three, $400. It would be the best three, $400 you've spent on that child in, in the next five years. Buy him a PS5, buy him a PC, whatever, plug him in, tell him to join us in, in Muslim Gamers League and, and, and focus on some gaming in the afternoon after school with us. That will be, to me, that would be an improvement because of where he was heading. Now he's online with Muslims doing yeah. video games, which if any, I, what parent, what kid wouldn't want to become and told by their parent, your punishment is when you come home <laughs> from school, you log on to your PC and you play some Call of Duty. You know what I mean? You're like, what? But you know, that could be a, a good path for some people. And like myself, yeah. I was gaming anyway in lockdown. I had run out of other things that I was like, and I need something to just plug my mind out for a minute before I completely short circuit up here. Spend two, three hours gaming with some brothers and we log off. It's like, what did we accomplish? You know, not a, I, I, I kind of wasted time, but I would have wasted it sleep on the couch otherwise. Mm. Now, if we're doing this streaming with a bunch of other brothers and we're trying to bring non-Muslims and et cetera, now we've spent three, four hours doing something when I leave, like, hey, you know, we, 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 brought some people on the stream. We asked some non-Muslims come by, some brothers hung out together for some, you know, social bonding or whatever. So I feel like we've actually accomplished something. Yeah. Especially in lockdown because you can't can't go where and visit each going? other. Yeah. Yeah. Well like where right now where where else are you going? Yeah. Everything else is locked down. I think it's like minus seven where you are as well. Long. Minus seven degrees. <laughs> yeah. That's actually your... kind of warm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Or January, that's yeah. kind of warm. It's usually it's this morning. It was like negative eighteen. Wow! Uh, so and it gets to negative twenty, thirty. Mm. That happens very easily. It's crazy. So where, especially in Minnesota, like where am I going? You know what I mean? <laughs> I need to put on fifty layers. 
you know, all kinds of stuff and go outside and track yeah. through a whole bunch of snow, which I do like do. I'm an outdoorsman. I like going out in the woods by Swimming myself. Swimming in snow. But you're not going to do that every day. You're mm. not going to be like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, 10 hours hiking through the woods, which I do in the summertime. Yeah. In the winter, you won't survive it. Nice, nice. I think the key word is improvement. You have to look at where someone is or where you are as a, a, yourself and yeah. where you could be and where you want to be. Um, the, I, I suppose that the danger is getting someone who who is more productive and doesn't waste much time and getting them to increase the amount of time they play and stuff. So there's some, there's some you have to kind of think about not taking someone the other way, so to speak. Sure. But and if there is... Some people just want to do it in their downtime. Yeah. Every human being needs downtime and needs a hobby. Yeah. If if you don't have some downtime and a hobby away from, you know, the nine to five of life, you will burn yourself out into a crisp. You have to. Mm. The, the brain and the body needs a period of kind of rest and relaxation. That's why entertainment is such a big niche industry because people need downtime and they want to be entertained they don't want to they don't want their two hours of downtime to be sitting cross-legged facing the wall and meditating it's not it's not the way things are anymore so they need something to occupy their time and it's not it's not that they have to feel guilty either because there's no you can hack this so that you're actually might be controversial some people that you're actually engaging ibadah because you're right? So your actions are by intention. If your intention is, I need to wind down a bit, and you have that I'll in your you mind. I'll say that one because for me, I get thrown <laughs> off the bus. For you, people will say, bus, uh, off the hedge, down the street, yeah. and <laughs> off the, out of the galaxy. Yeah, uh, I try to keep my opinions yeah. on, especially on controversial matters, yeah. silent. I'll go out I and say it. I mean, if you, if, everyone has to rest, right? But if your intention yeah. is, you know, I'm going to rest in order to, you know, uh, recharge my battery so I can do something productive later on, engage in Ibadah with a clear mind, mm-hmm. right? Um, you could be earning reward during that game you're playing even, uh, obviously, unless it's something haram, whatever that, that, that goes without saying. But as long as you have a view to eventually maybe, you know, and, and Allah will give you tawfiq for this, that, might take you two hours to unwind at the beginning, but you have a view on the future that I want to be engaged uh, and and hone this skill so I can get the same recharge kind of potential in a smaller and smaller time. So that by yeah. the end of your kind of, or a few years down the line, months down the line in your journey, in your tarbiyah, you can quickly play a game, a few minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, and you'll get that same recharge. Because you had that plan right from the beginning and you're, you know, you, you you could be, you know, inshallah rewarded because you had that long-term vision, you had that plan in mind that I want to hone my skills. Because this 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 was quite uncontroversial, you know, when when scholars were saying this about just chilling out and watching a a football game or whatever, right, or a cricket game. But I remember one say, say, discussing with some brothers. Oh, you know, you start off watching a one-day international cricket game, which is like a whole day's kind of that's proper wasting time, right? But if your intention is, I want to hone my ability to relax and recharge my batteries, such that I can, I don't have to spend an, a day next time. I can, I can just recharge my batteries and and uh, kind of uh, do something productive after just an hour of relaxation or, or, or rest time or entertainment even. And as well as um, because the gaming industry is not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. It's only going to grow in, in popularity. Mm-hmm. 
um, uh, gaming professionally is a legitimate uh, um, uh, is a legitimate profession these days. People are making living wages off of playing video games online, and more than living wages. Of course, you know the famous streamers are the you know that's just like in any other industry. Mm. Um, you know they're only going to be far and few in between, but there are plenty of people farther down in the tier who are making living wages, especially you know um, people who are younger and don't have the tremendous amount of expenses that you know, us older adults have, mm-hmm. they're, they're surviving off playing video games offline, off of Twitch, off of YouTube, off of memberships, off of, you know, all of these sponsorships, et cetera. So if, if your kid is really good at video games, it's, it's a legitimate profession these days. And that's something I will say. It is a legitimate profession in this day and age. Yeah. How do you think this is going to actually change the way, not, not just games now I'm talking about, because this is just an example of cyberspace, which is, completely taken over a larger and larger section of our time right cyberspace that place that metaphorical place where your consciousness is when you're online we find Mm. ourselves increasingly spending more and more time there and gaming is just one example how do you think this is actually changing how we view and talk about and learn about islam you know, I, I honestly believe at least at least for the interim, at least for the interim, um, that the the way of the the large Islamic conferences, you know, big masjid gatherings, circles of knowledge, all of that is a dead issue at the moment. And I don't see that coming back in a really big, meaningful way the way it used to be anytime really soon. Um, I, I just don't see it, especially within the Muslim community, because we we go above and beyond, you know, trying to show that we're trying to do the right thing. Um, so we'll be the last people to lift any restrictions off of our communities, the most of us. Um, you know, so the online world is the place where people are living now. It's becoming I mean, I'm I'm. I'm trying not to get too dystopian here, you know, to where pretty soon it's going to be like, they just plug us into a mainframe and that's it. We live the rest of our life as a vegetable. We live our entire, our our entire reality is online. Like Ready Player One. Have you seen that? Ready Player One. Yes. Uh, It's, it's possible because we would not know the difference. That's the, that's the craziest part about it is we've been so trained to live kind of in a virtual world that we not, might not really notice the difference. It's, I don't want to go down the whole matrix road, but he didn't really even notice he was in the matrix until there was a glitch. And, and you know, until there was, there was something yeah. that he realized like, wait a minute, hold on a second. Something didn't seem right. But for people who maybe five generations from now were born like that, they'd never know. They'd never know the difference between the real world and the even today, world. like digital so, natives. Yeah. Kids we, we don't, our kids, my, my, my kids, if you, if you took away all their gadgets, they would not know how to live as human beings. They wouldn't know how to get anything done. Yeah. Nothing. They don't know how to do anything the old fashioned way. And all of it, we'll Google it. We'll look it up. There's an app for this. Is that, you know, like just it's everything mm. is online. So, you know, the, the path of spreading Islam has to become more digital and it needs the, the day, you know, there is a place, you know, and I, I still do them. There's a place for the old school Bayan, you know, emotional heartfelt talk about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that always has to be there because there's so many of us that feel like we're drained and we need a faith boost. That type of stuff is there. But if that is the only thing they were offering as a community for the Muslims in a digital world, we're, we're, we're not going to get everybody. We're not reaching the audience that we could reach. You know, we're targeting an audience that we know we already have. Wait a minute. That's, 
that's a disservice. If you're targeting the audience you already know you have mm. and not trying to broaden that audience, you know, are you really serving a higher purpose there? It's kind of becoming like the, 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 the brick and mortar massage become virtual to where we only cater to our community. You know, we only cater to the audience within our, our walls. We're not, we don't care nothing about what goes on in the mm. real world. No, the Dawa has to remain with that mindset that we care about the broader world, not just the one that we have as a captive audience, if that makes sense. We always, say the, this. We always say the Dawa has to be dynamic. It has to be dynamic. Yeah. It cannot be one level. That's it. If if all you're bringing is 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 bayans and talks and khutbas, that's fine. You'll get that audience, but you're not reaching the the level that you could reach. And this is from the sunnah of the Prophet He would always be uh, um, um, ready to accept advice on how to reach a broader audience. We see this from the hadith of the the member. The hadith of the member. When the women came to him and said, Ya Rasulullah, we cannot hear you from the back. Can I hear you from the back? So how about you make some stairs so you stand on them so your voice will reach farther mm. so that we can hear you here in the back. And he accepted that advice from a woman. The member became part of the sunnah. So being able to, that understanding of, okay, I can reach more people if we build these steps. I can reach the full audience that is in front of me. This is the mind frame that I tried to go in when I look at the da'wah. How can I reach a broader audience, but also try to keep things in the boundaries of permissibility to the best of our abilities, but reach a bigger audience than I ever could reach. Mm. Yeah, I'm always com- thinking about that. I'm always trying to innovate a new idea or even something that's working already, but is not being targeted towards the Muslim community that I know is already in that world yeah. you know what i mean yeah. how we go in there and target them if that makes sense i even had one person say you know oh you know that's haram because it's like saying you're going to go into a pub uh and and and, and give da'wah like this, you cannot compare that physical world to this have I'm some not, oranges this is apples and oranges here you know i'm not walking into a pub yes there's about you know there's pubs you can walk into online but it's like going into the mall <laughs> and not choosing not to go into the pub but everybody is here it's hard, but you know that that you have to deal with that. If you're gonna do, if yeah. you're ever gonna do anything that is new, and kind of innovative and kind of edgy, you just have to be ready for this. You have yeah, to. And yeah, I yeah. This, don't get into stuff like that if you're not ready for the backlash. If you're not ready for people to take shots at you, be rude, say silly things, then don't rock the boat. Just stay in the boat. Keep going where it was going. Don't try to rock it. Don't try to change mm. course. Okay, guys, ready to subscribe? Ready to subscribe? This is it. Three, two, one. Hit that subscribe notification. Boom. Don't miss. Oh. oh try again. The DAO needs many different things to reach different types of people. I think the, the issue is we need to be kind of cognizant of the... You know, the what's the unintended consequences to the da'wah, to how we understand and talk about Islam sure. and, and practice mm-hmm. Islam. You know, the, this whole thing about, it's called Faustian bargain or something. You know, the, the in, in, in mythology, like the, the deal with the devil. You know, you think you have this, but there's always an underlying kind of, uh, um, uh, there's there's strings attached. You know, there's, there's, an, there's a consequence. So, for example, with a lot of online da'wah, it's kind of, Dominating now by dominated now by algorithms. I wrote. I, th- mm-hmm. I think we had a, a themed week a few weeks ago, a few months ago in Stamford and see and we wrote uh, one in one article. I wrote about how artificial intelligence is creating a new madhab, right? Because of the things that the types of discourse that 
generally rise to the top things that are controversial things that are quick uh, simplistic things that are polarizing uh, discourse uh, islamic discourse that is polarizing for example that tends to thrive more in an online environment than things that are more individualized kind of tarbubi based things that are conciliatory things that are unifying the muslims things that are you know maybe a bit nuanced rather than kind of black and white and mm. eventually there is this kind of unintended unintended consequence now that people are just brushing aside you know scholars who've spent uh, uh who who've worked very hard in building bridges and and trying to unify the muslims but somebody who is very you know slick on their social media or youtube or whatever they're able to come and replace those those classes by just giving a very simplistic kind of um uh anger inducing dopamine kind of generating hijacking uh message and that's having some impact on how we learn about and discuss and talk about islam i think um and i don't have an answer to that this we have this is it's like we're in a huge experiment here just to see how what impact it it does have and it's everyone has to kind of monitor their own progress and their own discourse if, like if i if i think for example wait a minute in the last you know month what 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 type of topics have i been able to speak about in in the dawa kind of on in cyberspace if i'm finding myself maybe focusing on certain things because that's the stuff people engage with then i could be going down a dangerous path here because i'm kind of unintentionally deleting certain parts of islam from our discourse do you get what i mean mm-hmm. and if we're all doing that you know there needs to be some kind of um oversight some kind of cooperation some kind of mutual kind of shura of muslims in the online space to make sure okay everyone do the things that they're doing but let's look at where are the gaps you know maybe or let's look at where our discourse is heading i don't know if that makes sense it it does the the problem um I'm trying to word this in the right way. We've turned hype and popularity into scholarship. Yeah. It's a huge problem. Um, and this is why I try to make the, the distinction very clear in my space um, that, that knowledge and scholarship are not found here. If that's what you've come to my content for, please keep moving. There are knowledge and scholarship out there, and I try to direct people to that, but that's not me the best I can say is I'm a, I'm, I'm a motivational speaker. That's it. Motivation. That does not equate knowledge. Mm-hmm. That does not equate scholarship that that equates being gifted with words to put them together in a way that makes something make sense to a large portion of people. Mm-hmm. And, and we used to do this. I'm, I'm from the South. And so I, I equate things with kind of like my upbringing. And I grew up in the church community in the South, as well as the car building community. My, my mom's brothers were all rednecks who built drag cars and raced them on the weekend and like nearly killed themselves half the time. Uh, but, you know, we would go to a church and we, we used to go, like, go, when I went with my mother, we went to a few kind of local, very rural churches. And there was two or three pastors who used to come and we used to know them by octane of gas, who they're going to be, <laughs> you know, like uh, when, when the preacher that came, that was super motivational, screaming and yelling, sweating by the end of it, 
he was high octane. Oh, the high octane preachers. 99%. You know, and that's, 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 that's high octane right there. You know, 99% are what here, what we call like 90, 93 or ethanol. Like, cause he's firing on all cylinders. Cause high octane burns a lot faster. Like scholars can build the car. Mm. This is their knowledge to design the structure of our religion. And this is only done by scholars. It takes a high level of qualification to put together a motor in a, in a, in a, in a car system that can perform on a race level. It takes a lot of knowledge. The motivational speaker is the gas. They're the octane. You put the high octane in those highly mm. motivational speakers make you want to take that car and just whoo, and take off and take your Dean and take it to another level. Then you have some speakers that, you know, they're regular octane. You know what I mean? They're good to listen to, mashallah. They don't push it as far. Um, so we have to equate the difference between the two. The car has to be built mm. by scholars. Without that car, that high octane gas is worth absolutely nothing. Nothing. You, it's not going to do any good. You build the high octane, you build the powerful car by the knowledge of the scholars. I'm talking about real scholars who dedicated their lives to learning this religion, who people who can reach that level of giving us opinions and rulings and can do ijtihad and things of that nature. Everybody else is just gasoline for that car. We're turning to the gasoline before we even have the car built. And that's, that's very right. unfortunate uh, this day and age. Uh, and that's something I'm glad that I got pushed on to kind of following scholarship before motivation. That's also because when I accepted Islam, there was no, there was no YouTube, there was no... <laughs> TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, yeah. none of that even existed. So it's it was a different world, but we do need to make that distinction in today's day and age. Yeah. So I think that's the best that's the best metaphor I've heard all day. The uh gasoline and the uh the vehicle, the car. That's it. That's amazing. You, you, you build the vehicle and mm. The more better scholarship you go to, the better that vehicle is gonna yeah. be, the more high performance it's going to be. And mm. fill it with whatever gas you want to. You'll get the whatever gas you fill in, in high octane, log octane. You'll get that performance out of yeah. it as well. That's where the motivational speakers play their role. They do play their role because they get us motivated to do those things that we pretty much already knew. We just needed to hear them in a way that seeded in our hearts and pushed us to want to do something. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, in particular, you know, talking about young kid, young people now and kids. You know, a lot of kids now. I don't know about in the USA, but in the UK, for example, they just the schools are mostly shut because uh, of you know rising um, cases in the second wave of the pandemic and so forth. Mm-hmm. And a lot of parents might you know they feel uh, maybe guilty that uh, you know the kids are playing games, or they might they might feel that they want to, um, or they, they might be the kids might be playing too many games, uh, too much uh, time online, that kind of stuff. And some parents might feel that they have to fill their kids' day. With uh, you know, with some kind of activities, and just uh, an article comes to mind that um, uh, Noor Chaudhry wrote. It's going to be coming out in some twenty soon, inshallah. Just about the benefits of boredom for kids. That we we have to allow kids to have some downtime, and not just spend all the time all the time kind of being bombarded with through their kind of senses, because boredom is actually very important for their mental health, for their creativity, for their self-esteem, for their imagination building. Um, and it's important just to kind of caveat all that we've said about, you know, gaming and, and, and relaxing and that kind of stuff, but to also encourage young people in particular and just generally everyone to have some downtime where we're not, we don't have headphones on, we're not listening to something, we're not watching something. We're just actually maybe still, maybe, you know, 
pondering over nature or whatever or going for a walk um where we're not we're not being kind of bombarded with some kind of sensory um stimuli yeah i i tell my kids this is where you know you're getting into the old dad phase well, i tell my kids you know i used to have what i used to have to play with was my bike and my imagination you know when i was a kid mm. that was it i had i went outside i came home from school um i usually had a snack and watch some of the after school cartoons and then that's it i was out of the house i was on my bike i was out in the woods or playing with my friends and what i had was my imagination we had to find ways to entertain ourselves mm. Those are people who grew up in life and learn how to problem solve because you learn how to use your imagination to overcome or your brain to overcome boredness or whatever it is that you were mm. trying to do in real world scenarios. Absolutely. Now our kids are being, you know, they bombarded with a problem. And the first thing they do is they get frustrated. You know, they get frustrated. There's no immediate instant gratification mm. result that they didn't have to really put any work in for. Yeah. And that's it's a huge problem. My kids tell me a lot of time I, when, when they're not allowed to game and so they're like, oh, I'm bored. I'm like, well, you, if you're bored, the best solution is to figure out how to undo that boredom. That's Absolutely. it. That's your goal right yeah. now. That is your occupation. Try to figure out how to make yourself unbored without my help or without technology's help. A lot more of our kids could use that. Yeah, it's very, very empowering as well and, and beneficial for their uh, development and, and uh, imagination stuff. Um Zakhlakhan, I mean, I could go on for hours, but I'm aware of the time. I'm very grateful you uh, joined us. My pleasure. Um, I might uh, come and check out um, the MGL. I, I noticed Anytime that you were on. you were reluctant to face me in Street Fighter Five because maybe <laughs> I haven't played Street Fighter. Uh, here come the 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 the, uh, the 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 excuses. You know, uh, I'm a pretty big deal in Street Fighter. I'm quite I'm quite humble about it normally. But uh, you know, we'll have to check it out one day, inshallah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, maybe soon, inshallah, after this pandemic is over, we can meet up and uh, play in real life, not inshallah punching each other, but playing on the yes. PS4, whatever. Always my pleasure, and give um, everyone my salams. Yeah. Uh, Zakhla We'll do inshallah. Yeah. Inshallah. Anytime you ever need me, I'm right here, Akhi. Yep. Okay, I'll uh, I'll take you up on that, inshallah. Inshallah. Take care, Akhi. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. And Zakmachan for you joining us at home. If you like this podcast, give it a like and a share. Uh, please don't forget to um, you know subscribe and try and get let's try and get two hundred fifty uh, subscribers from this uh, episode. Let's uh, also try and remember to uh, donate to some children and see five pounds a month. Let's try and get uh, five hundred people clicking on the uh, the URL in the description below. Uh, it's only sixteen odd p a day. You can do it. And uh, that's it from me and the rest of the Samtrian C team. Zakmullah uh, Khairan. I'm off to play some, I mean, I'm off to uh, do something productive. Uh, until next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Uh, uh,